podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, Dolphin fans. Yes, that's right. We're back with yet another season of previews and reviews of your Miami Dolphins. Each week, we will discuss the upcoming game, analyzing the opponent, and then follow every game with a review show with all the highs and lows of the game. This season looks to be one of the most exciting seasons we have had in a good while, and we are really, truly excited to be there every step of the way. So please look for us and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Please feel free to leave comments after each show as we truly appreciate any feedback. Now let's kick off this week's show. And it's another FinFans podcast. Uh, This afternoon, I've got the Ragonis with me. How are you guys? What's going on, Dolphins? Doing great. Doing great. Still riding the high. (laughs) Still riding the high. You know who was riding the high, uh, Lewis? Uh, Chris was, because he was at the game in Los Angeles. What was that like, Chris? Man, the atmosphere was nuts. I mean, it felt like a playoff game. First game of the season. I would say it was probably about 60-40. We had 40% in there. I mean, there was so many Dolphin fans. Yeah, it it was really just... I mean, one for the ages. Definitely the best game I've ever been to. Uh, we I got to witness Tua's best pro game live. I By mean, far. that was yeah, that was just I can't I can't even really put it into words. It was just full of highs, lows, everything. You know, I mean, I mean, it was re- really just an awesome experience. And to cap it all off, after the game, we were walking out of the stadium. We parked on the opposite side of where we were sitting. So we had to go up a section to walk around like the uh, suites and stuff. And I'm all jacked up. I had drink, been drinking a little bit and, you know, so I'm walking and I'm, I'm just yelling out to every Dolphin fan and Charger fan. I see like, that's my quarterback, you know, and I see these people walking out of the suites and I follow the Tua Foundation on Instagram and I noticed that it was his dad and his mom. And me and his dad made eye contact and he saw me wearing the Tua jersey and I was all jacked up. And I just looked at him and I said, that's my quarterback, baby. And he just started laughing. I mean, it was really, really a cool moment. I wish I would have got a photo with them. But I mean, just overall, just that just is pretty cool. Just a great experience, man. Just a great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, so was, were you sitting around Dolphin fans or what? So all the it's, it was funny, too, because the way it was set up, I had Dolphin fans all in front of me. But right behind me, I had five dudes who were all Chargers fans. And they were just, you know, like I said, I was wearing my Tua jersey. So they were just heckling me every time Tua made a bad throw. Thank you, Tua. Thank you, Tua. He only threw or, five bad throws. Yeah, the whole exactly. Game. But so still, that. you know, it's like when you got five of them behind you, it's just like one of them was saying, thank you, Tua. The other one was saying, he's a one read quarterback. He's a one read quarterback. And every time Tua made a play, I turned around and just repeated the same thing they said. And, you know, I was just with only my girlfriend. So it's like, I wasn't really trying to talk too much because it's like, you know, there's five dudes behind me. So, (laughs) and I didn't want them heckling my girlfriend either. So I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm going to keep my composure until we hit big plays. But you know, it's like when, when he hits Hill on that 30 yard touchdown or just, there was so many big plays that I just got so jacked up. I couldn't help myself, but just turn around and just look at these dudes. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, it was, they had more 15 plus yard plays 
than anybody has had since uh, 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's wild. Yep. So, I mean, they were getting the ball downfield, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously the receivers had yak too. It was just a great offensive game. Absolutely. It's incredible. And the fact, you know, I, I said it in our podcast earlier in the week, realistically, we could have put 50 points up on them. Yeah, you know, a couple of you know, a couple of mistakes, but you you take them away, and literally, you know, we were in their end of the field the whole doggone game. One punt, yep. me me and Mike talked about it on the, the podcast earlier in the week. One punt the whole day. I mean, that's efficiency, and that's damn near perfection. It really is yeah. if you think about they it. They were damn close to perfect. They really were, but the defense, on the other hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. they, were not, they were not close to perfect no i mean as were. far as the rush defense i mean they were running all over us but i mean passing wise i mean we had a lot of plays covered and we were talking about it a little bit earlier but i mean every time herbert threw a deep ball i mean i don't know if it's because he thought it was good coverage or he was just off but i mean those balls were sailing out of bounds he wasn't yep. even giving guy them those tall receivers a chance to make a play on it I know there was a pre- there was pressure on a couple of those passes, but I mean, some of those I was just scratching my head, like, <laughs> I mean, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, when, when I, you know, I don't think the defense played as well as the as the coaches would have liked. You know, you yeah. had uh, the two <laughs> yeah, two inside that's, linebackers that's that were pretty much abused all day, and uh, you know, it was just that type of game for them. But uh, the offense did enough to overcome it, and and that's that's a great thing to see because. If they can get that kind of offensive effort when the defense is struggling, you're going to win a lot of games. Absolutely. The only other thing I was going to say about our offense is I'm sitting there at the game and I'm just like, all right, we got to run the ball here. We got to run the ball. And it just just kept dropping back and it was working. So, you know, but I definitely would like to see them balance it out a little bit because when you're able to run the ball effectively then that opens up the play action and that's just a whole nother aspect of the offense you have to cover you know so it's i mean i think our game plan is going to be a lot different this week i think it's going to be a lot more well, of a chris let me game. tell you what happened last year mm-hmm. i said about the same thing every game <laughs> <laughs> this is the week they're going to run it this is the week they're going to run it and and that week never came Right. I would tell Mike and I would tell Daniel week in and week out, guys, what makes you what leads you to believe that anything is going to change next week? What I mean, if you're especially on a week where we just talked about the fact that they were perfect. Right. Why would you change anything? I mean, you know, McDaniel's looking at this and saying, yeah, I can go in with a different game plan. But and he should have that in his back pocket. But I can assure you that the ball is going to be put up 45 (laughs) times again this week. You know, I mean, yeah, we talk about them running the football and uh, I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Chris and Daniel all last year that you're probably not going to see it. Mike and Daniel, you meant. I mean, Mike and Daniel. What did I say? Chris and Daniel? Yeah. Chris, you're going to talk about the Miami defense. And how they match up against New England's offense. Uh, I know you got a chance to watch most of the New England game from last week. What were your thoughts? Um, So the New England game, I actually wasn't able to watch too much of. I only saw the highlights and then reading the stats. I thought you watched some of it. No, and um, it was just 
weird to me. I mean, I didn't expect them to put up that good of a fight against Philly. I know you guys were telling me I think the weather was a little bad, which may have had an effect on the game. And the most thing that or the thing that was interesting the most to me was the fact that they didn't run the ball. They or they didn't run the ball effectively. And they were still able to put up a fight against this Eagles team because when we think about the Patriots, um, especially right now, I mean, they don't really have great receivers on the outside. I mean, their tight ends are all right. I mean, they're known for their running game. Ramondre Stevenson, I would say, is probably a top 10 back. And I think this week it's going to be a lot different. I think that they're going to try to do, try to emulate what the Chargers do and just pound the ball against us. But I think our defense will lock down. And um, I mean, the key, the same thing I said last week, we got to control that line of scrimmage. If we can shut down New England's run game, I'm not really too worried about their passing game, to be honest. New England's guards are not great. We were just looking at their offensive line earlier, and other than Trent Brown at the left tackle, I've never heard of any of these guys. So, I mean, they held up all right against the Eagles, I'm assuming. So They did. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have to pressure Mac Jones. It was great to see those blitzes at the end of the game, maybe mix a couple more of those, not in the fourth quarter. But I'm not trying to overlook this New England team by any means because they do have a great defense and they have a great running back. But I, I think that we're going um, to shut their offense down this week. Yeah, the key, I think, is the fact that you, know, you have to control their running game and you put mm-hmm. Mac Jones in passing situations. Once we do that, um, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on him, number one. Number two, it puts our defense in a good position where we get our pass rushers out there. And I, I don't think they'll succeed. But the key, absolutely, is controlling that line of scrimmage, as you said, and, you know, controlling their running game. Um, you know, what they did last week, and they were very successful at doing, was dinking and dunking all day long. I mean, that's how they moved the football. They wound up putting 20 points on the board when it was all said and done. And it was basically on 10-yard passes or less all, all the way down the field. So if they're going to have to work that hard down the field to get into the end zone, I'm okay with that simply because I think our offense you know, it has enough firepower to where even if we score 21 points and their defense does do a good job against us, we're still going to be able to win this football game. But they have to stop the running game. They cannot allow, you know, Zeke and uh, Stevenson to run all over us like Eckler and uh, Kelly did last week. I mean, it's, 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 it's the game right there. You know, you control that and, and we're not losing this football game. Mm-hmm. And I the, agree with what's, that. What's if, also, if they can stop the run, you really like our chances. Yeah. And what's also crazy, too, about that game last week is between Stevenson and Elliott, they had 11 catches. So Right. They were, were gonna dinking and pay, dunking. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to pay attention to those running backs coming out of the backfield, too. The tight ends had nine catches between, yeah. you know, between Gesicki and Henry. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the receivers that were getting the majority of the catches. It was more so everybody else. So, yeah. you know, it, you know that, that's something that they have to factor in as well. And we, at times we struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Baker is supposed to be a really good uh, coverage guy. You know, they talked about it during the, uh, the telecast last week. Trent Green mentioned that Baker's a very good coverage linebacker. but 
you know, as you watch games and you see, you know, the running backs, even Eckler, you know, last week had some catches against us. Um, you know, they, they have to, they have to tighten it up. He had a 35 yard catch. (laughs) Yeah. They have to tighten it up. He was wide open on that 35 yard catch. I couldn't believe that. I was like, where is everybody? Yep. (laughs) There was nobody. They just lost them. You know, somebody blew a coverage there, obviously, mm-hmm. and it was one of the linebackers. The thing, the thing is this, is that, you know, it starts up front and, you know, the defensive ends, you know, the edge guy, they have to make plays. And, you know, the linebackers are getting a lot of the blame for this, but my goodness, the guys on the outside were just not getting it done. Even the guys on the inside struggled a little bit. I know Mike, when we went over the grades, the run, the run grades, you know, for even Wilkins and Siler were not great. Um, you know, so collectively they were bad. You know, you can't just throw the ba- blame at, um, you know, Long and Baker. Uh, there was a lot of blame to go around when you give up 200 plus yards, you know. Well, yeah, you need your defensive line to keep the linemen off of the linebackers so they can fill and make plays. Exactly. Or at least to have the running backs, you know, make adjustments, you know, because that that one or two seconds makes all the difference in the world. If they're hitting the outside or just inside the tackle in between the guard and tackle in, in you know, a second flat, you know, <laughs> you're not going to stop anybody. Linebackers can only get there so quickly. So they, they have to control that line much better than they did last week. Um, you know, it's vital. In, in, in winning this football game, that's, that's the key right here. Among everything else, that's the key. I mean, our, our highest graded player was Holland, which you would expect. Yeah, and, Holland, was, uh, Holland was good. Then it was Kohu. Oh, man. Kohu had a great game last week. I mean, that, man. He was good. I mean, you know, what, what do you guys think in regard to, you know, putting a bunch of guys in the box and saying, okay, beat us with your, with your outside receivers? I mean, I don't see a threat here. You know, yeah, I, I think I think that is a great game plan, honestly, and I think that's what we've done a lot of in the past against Mac Jones, and he just hasn't. I don't think he hasn't beaten us once, has he? No, I think we've beat him every time he comes out as quarterback. Yeah, right. well, who quarterback for them the last time we played them last year? Because we lost that game. Mac was Jones? it him or was it? Zappy? Oh no, maybe it was. No, I don't think it was Zoopy. I don't know. We'd have to go back and look at that. Zoopy, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> he got cut, didn't he? No, no. They they picked him back up. Yeah. Oh, they did. They picked him yeah. back up. Well, yeah, he did they get... put him on the practice squad, I would assume. <laughs> he did get cut, right, initially? Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not mistaken back. on that. Okay. No, no. Saw... You have to in order to put him on the practice mm-hmm. squad. And I think gotcha. that's what happened. Gotcha, gotcha, Yeah. If he doesn't clear waivers, he doesn't make the practice squad. On the other side of the ball, how will Tua do against their defense? Against their defense. Defense is solid on the New England side of the football, you know, all the way across the board. So, you know, as we talked, you know, you think they're going to come out with a balanced attack. Um, And it may be a little bit more balanced than it was last week. I mean, we ran the ball, our running backs ran the ball 13 times total last week. Which, which isn't an awful lot. I mean, maybe you see Easy get some more, you know, carries and maybe A-Chain is active this week and you see him getting, you know, some sweeps and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think that, you know, they're going to go out with basically a similar game plan. 
and they're going to put a lot of pressure on New England to cover our guys, which is is a really really hard task. And and I don't think they're going to be up to it. You know, I think our offense is going to do enough to win this football game. I don't see the Patriots having enough firepower on offense to beat us. I think the only way that we can lose this football game is, number one, what we talked about and not controlling the line of scrimmage and, and allowing them to run the football all over us. That's 1A. 1B would be us beating ourselves. You know, we can't have fumbles. We can't have penalties. We can't have two or throwing interceptions. If we play a pretty clean football game next week, I just can't see New England beating us. So, uh, you know, we would have to beat ourselves in this football. We're a better football team. If I'm Belichick, I'm taking my corner and I'm going to play press man on Hill and I'm going to play a safety over the top and, and try and take him away. Yep, absolutely. So if you do that, Mike, you know, you've got other options. And Tua did a great job last week of spreading the ball around, looking at guys that were man-to-man across the way. Now, if, in fact, you double both guys on the outside, then huh, lo and behold, you've got Smythe, Smythe you've <laughs> got Barrios, you've got Craycraft. You have options. And Ingold, Tua, Tua took advantage of those situations, and that's exactly what they're going to have to do. I mean, you know, I didn't watch the game – the game film after the fact, but I, I can assure you that on plays where they were hitting these other guys man to man, and they did it consistently last week, uh, I'm assuming that they were putting a lot of coverage on Tyreek and and Waddle at that. So if, if Tua recognizes that, and I know Belichick's going to try and confuse him, if Tua comes out and he plays about it, he doesn't have to play up to that you know, what he did last week. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. That was exceptional. <laughs> yep. And I think that New England, you know, as far as coaching-wise goes, not so much talent-wise, but coaching-wise, I think that, you know, Belichick will come up with, with, a, um, with a good game plan. I mean, personnel-wise, you know, if you look at Chargers' defense as a whole and the players they have, I think they're better than New England's defense as a whole, as far as personnel is concerned. But again, Belichick does a great job of coaching these guys, and and that you know that gives them that gives them maybe an edge over the Charger defense. Their game plan last week was hideous, and you know Belichick's got something to look at, you know, on film from last week, and um, you know he'll come up with a game plan to try and stop us. But sometimes. There's just too much talent on the opposite side of the football, and I think that's the scenario here. So I think we're going to have success moving the football against this defense. Got to stay away from turnovers and penalties, especially the pre-snap kind. They did pretty well with that last week. They yeah. did. They absolutely did. And you know, uh, you know, the Chargers just moved there. You know, there was, as Chris said earlier in the podcast, there were a lot of Dolphin fans there. There's not going to be many Dolphin fans in New England. So, you know, they're going to be dealing with a hostile environment. You know, they know that the Patriots, if they lose, are going to drop to 0-2 right away. And so they're going to come out full throttle. The fans are going to be jacked up. And, uh, you know, we just Sunday got to be up football. to the task. Sunday night football on top of that in mm-hmm. prime time. Oh, whoa. Man, oh, man. 
You we got, don't. We don't. We. I always say this, and then I know people get on me. But we don't play great in, t- in we prime We do times. not. We so do hopefully, not. you know, they can go out and make a real statement in front of the, you know, in front of a national audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tua, Tua has to do it. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've said it in the past to where every time we're in prime time, he doesn't seem to have good games, or any time we're a featured game, even late on a Sunday, you know, we we've failed as a whole. And, you know, two has been a big part of that. So he can go out, you know, after week one and what he did in week one and follow it up in prime time with a really good football game. It's going to shut me, you, Mike, and a lot of other people up for a while, right? You know, in regard to doubting him. So let's, you know, let's hope he hey, goes out he there and he kicks their asses. last week. What did I say? I said he played great. We, I mean, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. My mouth We'd, goes according to his performance. <laughs> that's that's exactly the case. So, you know, we hopefully, and this is another thing we got to talk about, guys, is the fact that, you know, hopefully we have Armstead back. It didn't necessarily hurt us all that much right. last week, but every week's different. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a much more physical game, in my opinion. I so. agree. I totally but agree. But at that same token, I don't want us to rush Armstead, or not rush him back, but, you know, like, if he's not ready to go this week, sit him another week. We need him for the rest of the season, for the end of the season, for the playoffs. I mean, you know, he's he's really a key to our offense. And we played great without him last week, but he's one of those guys that, I mean, he's dealing with three different injuries right now. So it's like I don't want him to try to rush himself back and end up messing up whatever he's got going on even what more. What you miss, so. Chris, is his leadership. Yeah, you know? for sure. But I mean, speaking of leadership, um, it was actually really great to see because I just I'm still watching our game on TV <laughs> and just seeing Jalen Ramsey on that sideline firing up yeah. Kohu, getting Xavier Howard fired. I mean, the leadership is just is just awesome, and I can't wait to get Ramsey back if we do indeed get him back this year. Well, this will motivate him, you know, getting wins. He, you know, he he's going to be itching to get back on the field if sure. this team continues to win a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A lot, you know, a lot can be said about individuals, but when it comes to rehabbing, there there's a lot. A lot of it becomes a desire becomes a big factor in it, right? And mm-hmm. work ethic. And I think that Ramsey's the type of guy that is going to be back out there in November, just like he said. I mean, unless he I has a setback and, and rushes it to some extent. But if he's smart and he has that positive attitude, um, we're going to see him in November. And what a boost that'll be. I mean, Man. put him on the field and then you put Kahu at that nickel position. Whoa. Um, yeah, that's. Oh, Nelly. One thing Ooh, I love about Nelly. Kohu too is Kohu's a a great tackler. You know, he's not just he a, he's, he's a, physical he's, for he's a, a guy. good he's a good exactly he's he's a smaller guy and he's good in coverage, but he can come up and hit too. Yeah, he's not he's not afraid of contact. No, mm-hmm. he is not. He definitely is not. And um, you know, look, the thing is this is that you know the division with the Aaron Rodgers injury. I mean, obviously that's going to affect him incredibly. Um, you know, now the division is going to be quite interesting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Buffalo's already got a loss under their belt, a division loss. So now, 
you're looking at a division where, wow, this changes things quite a bit. And, you know, the Jets are still going to be a very, very good football team. They're just not going to be as good. So this is a big game. I mean, these division games are, are vital. They have to win. I mean, they have to win this Sunday. If they plan on winning this division, they've got to, they've got to sweep the Patriots. And they've when got you to talk win about a team with high expectations, you've really got to win your conference games as well. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's 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 step two. Absolutely, Mike. So I just look at it that way. You know, every AFC game we have, we need to win. That, that's how I look at it because playoff seeding later is is based on that. Yep, absolutely. That win over over the Chargers huge. was was huge. But this week is just you gotta as keep huge. winning, right? Right. I mean, it's you know, it's like I said, it's a division game. You know, you don't want to give the Patriots any hope. Right, you want them coming out of the gate zero and two. You know, mm-hmm. um, it affects you. You know, there's yep. no question about it. We don't want Belichick getting any closer to Don Shula's record either. That's the that's <laughs> no, the, that's, that's, that's that's another factor. You know, we don't want him winning more than two or three games the whole damn season. So you know, let's uh, let's keep him away from Shula's record. You know, it's the last guy we want beating him. You know. So mm-hmm. on another subject, what do you think the Jets are going to do at quarterback? So uh, Sala came out and said yesterday that they're going to look into it, into adding another quarterback. But in the same sentence, he also said, Jesus, I forgot his name for a second. Zach Wilson is our guy. So that's who they're rocking with. And I don't have much faith in him. But, hey, you know, I love it. (laughs) Well, he has no choice, Chris, right? To to say that at this point, he can't bring Matt Ryan in this week and say, Matt's going to be our starting quarterback. Well, another thing that they were saying, too, which does make a lot of sense, is it's not like a New England system that they're trying to – because they have – what's his name from Green Bay, the offensive coordinator. Gosh, I can't think of his name at the moment. But um, it was Rodgers' old coordinator, and there's not a lot of quarterbacks that know that system. So if you're adding a quarterback at this point – He's going to have to learn a whole new system that he's not familiar with. So that, I mean, it makes sense. That'll keep Rodgers busy, right? Yeah, Who is the Jets' backup right now? Um, they have the, gosh, Str- Struser or something like that. He played a little bit last year. He's more of like a running quarterback. Okay. But, yeah, so, wow, I that's mean, not a lot there. to work with. They're going to bring in a veteran. Yeah, no, of course they're going to bring in a veteran. But like I was saying, it's – different because it's not like a Kyle Shanahan system or or uh, like a New England system. It's the guy from Green Bay, which is kind of a different offense. So it's, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I mean, with Zach, with Zach Wilson at quarterback, I mean, as good as their defense is, I mean, I don't see them winning too many games, you know. Let's trade him Mike White for a second or third round pick since they're desperate <laughs> my, at this point, right? My friend that's a Raiders fan said the same thing. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, what would you tell? So I'd, I'd take him. I'd give it to him for a second or third round. Yeah. Pick, well, why you, not? Know? you know, Hey guys, you know, I know you're desperate. You yeah. know, let, let, let us help you out here. You know, cause Nathaniel I think Hackett is Nathaniel uh, Hackett. Yeah. Yep. So he's the coordinator. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. The division just got a whole lot different, didn't it? It really did. That injury was just um, 
as far I mean, as we're concerned, that injury is huge. Yeah. Well, yeah. everybody in the AFC is thinking, yeah. wow. You know, because their their defense is tough, and they uh, are. They hit. Know. Boy, do they yeah. hit. Yeah. yeah. My God, I hope we see some of that from our team this week, because I mean, <laughs> those guys were blowing people up. Yeah, I that mean, was. Wow, they were incredibly physical. But, you know, with all that being said, guys, you know, Josh Allen just, you know, all they had to do is be conservative and they win that football game. I mean, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, just dink and dunk, drive the ball, run a little bit, get a couple field goals, and the Jets have no shot in that game. I mean, you know, I, I just didn't understand it. You know, they allowed the Jets over and over again to just stay in there, and in the end it cost them. He's so. going through something, Josh Allen. I think I mean, so. That, uh, I brought it up. I brought it up a couple of weeks ago in our podcast. That whole Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen dynamic, there's definitely something going on. And you can see it in the last game to where there was guys that were open underneath on a couple of those balls that he's just launching it, trying to, you know, force it into Diggs to get him touchdowns, to get him yards, to keep him happy, or whatever the case may be. But that's def that relationship is definitely a little rocky to say the least. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. I mean, I love it. Let I'm not, do, I'm <laughs> I, you know, I, I've, I've said it a million times that, you know, Buffalo hit their peak, I think, and for sure. know, losing their defensive coordinator and not that the defense played bad last week, you know, they, they, they didn't, I mean, they did a decent job, but again, they weren't going against Aaron Rodgers running the offense the whole game. But, you know, they're not the same team they were a couple of years ago. I agree. Nope, they're not. What are your predictions, Lewis? I think we win this game by 10 points. You know, I don't think we're going to, you know, score in the 40s this week. But, you know, I can see us getting in the high 20s against this New England team. And, you know, I think we win 28-17, 28-14. You know, I'd say we win by 10 or 14 points in this game. About you, Chris? Yeah, I honestly was thinking the same thing. Probably 28-17, 28-14, maybe even 31-17. to 17. Um, I don't see their offense having too much success against our defense unless they're able to just shred us on the ground like the, um, well, that would I be almost my said fear. San Diego, like Los <laughs> yeah. Angeles did last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be a little closer than you guys do. I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. 27, 24, something in mm. that neighborhood. But okay. I think we do. I think we pull it out. I I just hope that uh, our defense can get it together. Yeah. You know, in today's NFL, you know, and that's that's a good point, Mike. You know, the game being tight. You know, especially division games. In today's NFL, you know the personnel. You know so well. Um, yep. You know, and, and you inside know your division. And the games always tend to be tight. But, you know, when I look at these two teams and I look at, you know, the, the guys that are out there on the field, you know, we, we, have a, we have a big advantage over this New England roster. We just do. You know, we're, we're better at a lot of different positions. Um, you know, I think the 22 out there that are starting – are, are, are better than New England in a lot of ways. So, you know, we'll find out soon enough on Sunday. I mean, obviously weather and, you know, home field advantage and some of those things, you know, you have to factor in. But, you know, when you look at the personnel involved on this field, uh, you know, on come Sunday, you know, I think the Dolphins have an advantage. And, um, you know, I think they're, they're going to show it. 
So we'll see what happens. Well, one thing about New England's defense is they're, they're pretty good up the middle. Uh, they're the sound. Line, yep. The defensive line, the linebackers are all doing acceptable jobs. So they got a really know, good defensive back group as well. Yep. They're very, 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 yeah. very sound. Yep. So I'm thinking that we're probably not going to establish a big running game this week. I think it's going to have to be through the air. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can, you know, keep two a relatively clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Armstead, you know, coming back maybe uh, would be, you know, possibly would be yeah. a major, major plus for us because, um, you know, we, we had a guy that filled in really, really well, but. You obviously, you obviously want Armstead out there. Um, you know, it gives you a little bit more versatility across that offensive line, sure. in case they want to move, you know, our starting left tackle inside, you know, or even to the right side. I mean, I think, Chris, uh, me and Mike talked a little bit about this, and I told Mike because Austin Jackson just, you know, he graded out as the worst offensive lineman last week across that line. I wouldn't be shocked. If once Armstead becomes healthy, if Jackson continues to struggle, and it didn't seem like he did in the game, right? But, you know, these grades come out. Well, and he, he was getting rid of it so fast. I think yeah. that, you know, that, that offset a lot of that rush. But, uh, yes, well, Jackson has to play better. Yeah, my point is is that, um, you know, he didn't grade out well across the offensive line. He had the worst grade, you know, both run blocking and pass blocking. So, if that continues to happen, you know, and Armstead comes back healthy, you just very well may see our left tackle get moved over. That's playing right now, move over to the right tackle position mm. and Jackson go to the bench. I mean, you know, it's the five best you put out there every week. So, you know, we have to get Armstead healthy one way or another. It'll help us immensely across that line. Yeah. Something else that's pretty interesting is that uh, Lyle Collins just got released, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, that might that that may be somebody worth looking into. You know, maybe not to start right away, but you know, you can never have too many bodies. And hmm. um, I wonder why he got. How released. did Win? How did Win grade out? I know Win Win. Okay, overall, because I yeah, thought Win, I read like his, okay. his pass blocking was like in the seventies, right, or eighties, maybe. I think it, I, I think it was in on? the high sixties, Mike, from okay. when we talked about it. Yeah, but his his run blocking brought his grade. His down, pass right? block grade was eighty point three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty you know, run, good. Run block grade was fifty nine four. So that's that that's brought what it he down. Was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a small. I mean, we only ran the ball oh, thirteen yeah. times, yeah, so yeah. that's kind of you know. But, All these grades is sort of meaningless right now, but we yeah. mention them just because we have them. Exactly. We mention them, and it's become part of the game. L- listen, when, when I watch a football game and I see Tua dropping back and the majority of his passes are not getting affected by an immediate pass rush, then, you know, yeah, then I'm I happy he had, with He it. had one pass batted down. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that – necessarily may not have even been a good pass rush mike the guy may have been mm-hmm. seven eight yards in front of him getting blocked well you he know his, he got his arm up that's all he got his arm up exactly so i don't look at that as as a major factor either but what i what i do look at is you know over the course of the game is just immediate pressure which 
you know, into his first year or two, you know, it was constant, you know, and it didn't matter. I mean, he's always had a, you know, somewhat of a quick release and he always tries to get rid of the ball quickly. But I mean, just the immediate pressure up the middle or in, you know, from the outside was, was constant. And, you know, as you watch the game, even when there was pressure, it wasn't pressure from like four different positions, like we've seen in the past as well. They gave him lanes to step in. You know, Mm -hmm. we talked about his pocket presence and everything, and that was great. But, you know, he has to have lanes to step into. So that means that the center and the guards at times were, you know, when the pressure was coming from the outside, were actually doing a decent job in holding the guys up to where when he stepped into the middle, there was nobody there to tackle him. So, you know, I thought, you know, with the naked eye that they did an exceptionally good job. The grades pretty much show that as well. And, um, you know, we, we got to hope for much of the same this week. You know, obviously they're a better pass blocking team than they are a run blocking team. And that may be a factor as to why we throw the ball 45 times a game <laughs> as well. You know, here's something that is relevant. Okay. Okay. You're talking about Tua and, and how he did under pressure. Right. When he was kept clean, his grade was 95.4. Mm. Uh, under wow. pressure, it was 75.4, which is a big improvement over last year. Yeah. Um, when he wasn't blitzed, it was uh, 92.6. When he was blitzed, it was 90.7. So, I mean, wow. he was phenomenal. Yep. Just exactly. a great game. Absolutely. And that, Mike, that last statistic where he's blitzed, and we've seen this before, where yep. he goes in the panic mode on the yep. blitzes. I think that he has really He was 12 of 18 when blitzed. What was it, Mike? 12 of 18. 12 of 18. Okay. So he he hit on basically 66% there, right? Yeah. The thing is this, is that I, I truly feel that he did a lot more homework in the off season this year. I think he studied the game plans. And, um, you know, what they're trying to accomplish a little bit more because he just seems, you know, just so much more at ease there, you know, even Mm -hmm. on the sideline, you know, I talked about the fact that, you know, you watched him just sitting there as calm as can be, you know, the chargers kept scoring up and down the field and he was just sitting there, you know, just looking up in the sky and, you know, laughing a few times when the cameras panned to him and, um, he's at ease. And, you know, when you practice and you understand something, you know, you go into that situation very unnerved. You know, it makes a big, big difference. Sure. You have all the confidence, confidence in the world. Is everything. And, and, and yeah. you saw that. You saw that this past week. Yeah. And one thing I saw, too, that they probably didn't capture because I was at the game was after he fumbled on that first drive and the, um, the defense gave up points on the next drive, he was the first one on the field you know, dapping up the defense, like, all right, you know, let's go, let's go, fellas. Like, we got this. Like, he's, he's really, he's really coming into his own as a leader, leader. as a quarterback, as as, as the leader of this team. I mean, it's just, it's awesome to see. And one thing, I mean, one of my favorite things about Tua is how he comes back after making a mistake. You know, he doesn't hang his head. He doesn't throw his helmet and throw a fit. He comes back the next drive and throws a touchdown after he threw the pick. You know, right. he comes back do. after, you know, I mean, he's, his resilience is just, I'm, I'm, I love the guy. I well, mean, that's I'm, another, you, guys you know, know that, but. that's, an, that's another thing, Chris, you know, because we saw in games last year, 
to where it was it was a little different. You know, the Green Bay game comes to mind where he threw the pick and then it just seemed like, you know, he was just, you know, it deflated him. So, you know, in every aspect, you know, and, and again, this he was, was a concussed one, in that game, though. It was a one game <laughs> sample. It's a one game sample. So, you know, we want to see him go out, do it again this week. I think that over the course of this year, you know, he made major, major improvements in game one. And hopefully we see those same exact uh, things take place in week two here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, going forward, if that's the case, we said it all along, guys, right? That, you know, McDaniel and Tua were going to be the major factors. And, you know, those were one and two. And then, of course, the offensive line play was, was right behind that. But if those two things factor in to where the teams coached well, not a lot of penalties, not a lot of, uh, you know, in, in-game silly decision-making and clock management work. And then, of course, two is play. If they play well, then this team, you know, the sky's the limit. That's ahead, it. Mike, you, said you, you were going to say something. I think. Yeah, I was going to wrap the show up. Um, okay. You know, we could sit here and talk about two all day. I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he was phenomenal last week. And, and, you know, but it's one game. Let's see where it goes from here. I got one more thing, Mike. Sure. So I read that Jonathan Taylor will be taking a physical and supposedly the Colts are still open to trading him. If he takes that physical and he's healthy and ready to go week, I think he misses the first four weeks. He's ready to go week five. Do you see us making a move to try to get him? It all depends on how they feel about Mustard and uh, the guys behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how they feel. Now, obviously, they were interested enough to talk to Indy about it, uh, but that just could have been them doing their due diligence. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean they were ready to make a trade. So we'll see. Well, th- my opinion is this, okay? Over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be telling because yeah. number one, Dolphins, right? If we're 3-0 and at that point, you know, they're going to say, hey, guys, look, we, we've got a real shot at this thing. You know, we have to make this move. We've got to go out and get another dominant player that just basically balances our team out completely, right? And then the other factor is, is how the Colts are doing. Now, if the Colts are 0-3 at that point, you know, they're going to be thinking to themselves, you know what? What the hell are we going to do with Jonathan Taylor? You know, he's, he's a guy, I mean, we're not going anywhere this year. Let's try and get some draft capital back. Let's get a serviceable running back back from the Dolphins in return. And, you know, let's just do this thing. Or, you know, if he doesn't wind up here, he may wind up somewhere else. But, you know, all you hear about is the Dolphins and the Colts involved in this trade. So I think that the next couple of weeks are going to be telling in regard to whether that, you know, becomes a um, legitimate situation or not. And and whether it, it, you know, they, they go full throttle for him. I just don't know if they can afford it anymore. They, uh, you know, signed an, an extension for uh, Blake Ferguson, and uh, you know they made some <laughs> other moves. So, you know, I don't know if they have the cap money to do it. We'll just have to see. Well, you know, Mike, there are situations to where you know they can bring in some some players that are making salaries here and say, "Hey, guys, you know, yeah, of course, can, can we can we can we can we make this thing work? We're trying to get a championship here because we've seen other teams do it." You know, to mm-hmm. where they take, you know, they take uh, pay cuts, they, they, they renegotiate their contracts, 
Um, you know, you just don't know how much a Jonathan Taylor situation is going to affect the Wilkins situation, right? Yeah. You know, in regard to money. It's not just Wilkins, it's Hunt and, and it's several Hunt, others. Right? There's yeah. several others, exactly. So, you know, that obviously has to be a factor as well. But um, if you're right there this season, right here and now, you know, my thought process is, is that, you know what, you know, just, just F them picks, huh? put them on. Put them on the field, Mike. You got to because, you know, regardless of what we have right now, you know, they're not comparable to Jonathan Taylor. They're just Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, my opinion is I think we should do it. And if you add Jonathan Taylor to this offense, because I was watching NFL Live yesterday and Dan Orlovsky was going over the tape and was just saying how our offense passing game is pretty much unguardable. If you add a guy like Jonathan Taylor, it's just, I mean, even if we do only run the ball 13, 14, 15 times a game, you have a guy like that, defenses have to respect it. And I'm not saying defenses don't respect Mostert because Mostert is a pretty good back, but he's not scaring defenses, you know what I'm saying? And that that really, to me, that move can put Put us over over the top. top. Absolutely. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) No, it's all right. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for joining me this afternoon, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is a game we're really looking forward to for obvious reasons, and uh, fins up, everybody. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, Fin fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and... uh, podcast which i think you'll enjoy all right until next week be well and take care sports social podcast network